This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Have you ever considered traveling abroad while working remotely? The trend of a digital nomad lifestyle is catching on and continues to evolve. It caught the attention of Laura Bain, who wants to talk about it. Hello again, Laura. A third dose of Laura on the show today. Yeah, hopefully people can stand it. I I can definitely stand it. You do great work. So why did this topic pique your interest? Well, Dave, I am obsessed with travel. Not to say I've done that much traveling, but it's something that's always of interest to me. And as a result, I watch a lot of travel videos on YouTube, and I definitely prefer the ones that are done by live humans rather than the AI-generated ones. And I've noticed that a lot of the content creators that I'm watching in these videos are talking about their digital nomad lifestyle. And yes, you know, content creator, travel, vlogger is a career that you can have as a digital nomad, probably the dream career of a lot of digital nomads. But a lot of these people are doing that as a side hustle. Um, And for me, I'm uh, not currently tethered to an office. uh, I've got two courses left to do for school. I could do them remotely if I wanted. So you just think about the options, Dave. How much has the trend grown? Oh, well, since the start of, like, so prior to 2019, there were certainly digital nomads, but it was more of a fringe thing that people did. Um, But it's grown by threefold since that time. So certainly the pandemic and the kind of shift to remote work and the development of that infrastructure has had a big impact on on the trend. How is it evolving more recently? Yeah, sure. Um, So, well, the first wave of digital nomads really was in 2021, 2022, after travel restrictions started to open up. And at that time, we saw a lot more employed digital nomads. So people who were tethered to a regular job, but their office just hadn't called them back in yet. But in 2023, we've seen a lot more offices kind of requiring people to be either in the office full time or in two days a week. So this has slowed the growth of digital nomads, but the growth that's happening now is mostly amongst freelance digital nomads. And um, digital nomads that are employed have changed their travel to be closer to home. So say if their base is in the US, their office, they're going to just travel within that country in case they need to fly in for the occasional meeting. Um, there's also this trend within a trend. It's called a, being a slow mad, which is basically where digital nomads are staying longer in fewer locations. Maybe some of that initial frenzy with the lifestyle sort of dying down, but it reduces the logistics of travel and those hassles and allows them to form deeper connections in the place they're visiting and also be more productive work-wise because they're not always um, thinking thinking about travel. Yeah, Laura, that's really what I start thinking about in regards to whether or not I would find the lifestyle appealing. I don't mind a little bit of transience. Like a little bit of transience is okay for me. I don't mind being on a little bit of a wander or a stroll through the world, but to a certain point, if I need to be productive, 
active, I require some creature comforts and stability. So being able to do remote work while simultaneously like uh, gallivanting around the world or around the country would really be a drawback for me. Um, yeah, for, for, for sure. I mean, I think there's that, you know, and you have to be the right kind of person who's cut out for this, but, um, there's, you know, lots, uh, to think about if you're going to be the kind of nomad who's going to be traveling all over the place or just kind of based in a different location than where your, where your work is. What are the challenges that nomads, that nomads report? Oh, I'm sorry. I just had a little. I had a little cough. There okay, that it's was all good. Absolutely... No, 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 no. It's all good. You're fighting it. You're stifling it. Take a second. Take a breath. I'm, I'm just. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm just curious about the challenges. Like, what are the challenges that go along with the lifestyle? Right. For me, I like doing laundry. I like doing laundry in my own home. I imagine there wouldn't be a lot of in-suite laundry in my life. Um, I mean, it, it really depends. Uh, I, I think that things that digital nomads tend to think about is internet connectivity, yep. of course, because you're working remotely and uh, also thinking about taxation and work policies. Oof. So a, a lot of people just have an informal agreement with their employer that, uh, you know, hey, they're going to work remotely and then they're there just simply as a traveler or on a travel visa. But if you do that, you could be breaking the law. And, uh, you know, other things that you have to think about is what's the healthcare infrastructure like in the place that you are going? Uh, you have to think about banking because it can be pretty expensive if you're doing a lot of international transactions, phone plans, if you're moving from country to country a lot, there's logistics to think about and the hassles of travel. And another thing that I think digital nomads need to think about is the potential negative impact on the economy that they are visiting. So some cases like Portugal, for example, um, has always been very popular for working expats because they have some of the lowest cost of living in Western Europe uh, and favorable visa policies. But because of the influx of digital nomads, they've actually had some issues happening related to, uh, you know, rents going up. Yeah, and they've yeah. had some local protests. Yeah, no, that that's one of the things, right, that you may end up uh, creating little tipping points in and around the various economies where you end up landing. Uh, typically, when you find a place that is low cost and a bunch of yuppies show up, uh, those costs go up because uh, yuppies bring their dollars alongside them. So you mentioned uh, Portugal. What are some of the other top destinations? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. A lot of times it is people moving from, uh, you know, wealthier countries such as Canada, the U.S., Britain into countries with a lower cost of living. And so, you know, they're driving up rent prices and making a more difficult situation for locals. Well, according to... Uh, a visa guide world report Spain is the number one best country in 2024 oh. for digital nomads uh, with Argentina coming in at number two oh. and Romania coming in at number three. And, um, you know, some of this has to do with, uh, as I mentioned, internet connectivity, thinking about what the um, community of expats is like. And the popular countries are definitely going to have a visa option that works for remote workers. A lot of countries have specifically brought in digital nomad visas. Spain, for example, um, might be one that's becoming more popular because they've changed their policies to make it easier for digital nomads to bring their spouse over. So that's also mm. something to consider. It's not just single people that adopt this lifestyle. Actually, 24% of digital nomads say that they travel with their their kids, um, which of course introduces a lot, a lot of other logistics. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me that two of the top three are in the EU, if only for digital nomads moving within the EU over to Spain or over to Romania based on the free movement of labor attached to the European Union. Uh, I'm curious, Laura, would you ever adopt the lifestyle? I, I don't think it's for <laughs> me. Would it be for you? Maybe. I'm going to answer your question. I'm just going to take a sip of water. Yeah, you can yeah, hear take, that I'm yeah, struggling. Sometimes take, you get that frog in your throat. Yeah, take take the sip of water, recalibrate, do your thing. Or you can just tell me to Dave, drop the interview and we can move on. But I would like but I'm <laughs> no, but I'm but I'm genuinely curious if you would if you would do it, if you would take the plunge. Well, maybe, you know, uh, accessibility for me would be a huge consideration and what the accessibility is like in these countries. I think a lot of the places that I would be interested in moving to that have good accessibility, I think of somewhere like uh, the UK, for example, or Germany, as uh, some cities are known for excellent accessibility, would probably actually have a higher cost of living than I do here in Nova Scotia, which kind of defeats the purpose in a way. A lot of times, you know, people are looking for a lower cost of living living. Another consideration is that the Canadian dollar doesn't stack up favorably against the currencies in a lot of um, mm, mm. different countries. Uh, and a lot of these visa requirements have minimum monthly incomes. For example, uh, 3,280 euros is the minimum current income for Portugal, but that's almost $5,000 Canadian that you have to be making a month. Uh, that's pretty, pretty steep. Uh, but, you know, digital nomads do report that they have higher levels of satisfaction with their work than um, the average office worker. So you never know. Okay. All right. So you're, you're sort of punting on that one a little bit, but I, but I get, I get where you're at. I get where you're at. Laura, thank you for this. Uh, hopefully uh, your voice uh, does you a few more favors here with some tea and some water off the air. Have a great day. Thanks, Dave. Have a good one. That's Laura Bain coming up after the break. Surge pricing is becoming more common and a burger chain thinks, hey, if it's busy in the store, can I charge you more? This will be explored in a roundtable conversation with Ramya and Elizabeth. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.